Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe, also rate and review. So thank you again for listening to Talk Healthy Today, and here's a word from our sponsors. Wouldn't it be great if there was one health book out there that actually addressed your whole body, mind, spirit? Well, let me tell you, there is. It is called Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It is not about dirty sex. It is a play off the word clean, sensual superfoods and aphrodisiac practices for ultimate sexual health and connection. This book is a healthy lifestyle guide. There are over 40 top experts from functional medicine physicians to registered dietitians to exercise physiologists to psychologists, sexologists, all engaged to help you live your happiest, healthiest life. There are over 50 fantastic, healthy, and delicious recipes. It is also a memoir where I, because I am the author of this book, Lisa Davis, share some very personal stories. Some are heartbreaking. Some are funny to help you get to where you need to be to understand that it does take time to change, but that I am here along with all the other health experts in the book to help you. Don't let the title fool you. This book will help your communication, your intimacy, how you relate to your partner, how you relate to yourself. But if you do what the book says, it will also help you in every aspect of your health. So please go now. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. It's sold in local bookstores across the country. Check it out. Clean eating, dirty sex. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. If you listen to the show, you know that I talk a lot on here about mental health, mental illness. As a matter of fact, uh, several years ago, I did an anthology called Easy to Love But Hard to Live With, which was about people with invisible brain-based disorders, whether it be mental illnesses, autism spectrum, ADHD. There's a wonderful interview with uh, Henry Winkler talking about dyslexia. The reason I did this is my grandmother had bipolar. And when I was a kid, my, my parents just said, look, uh, she has some some mental health issues, and they described it to me. And, and my mother had physical health issues, and so I was lucky that I grew up understanding. I didn't grow up with that stigma, so I really want to educate other people because we've got to move on, and we have to start looking at mental health the way we look at physical health. And I'm thrilled to have the wonderful, fantastic, gorgeous, stunning, amazing, <laughs> smart oh my goodness. Kyler Lee, who my family and I watch Supergirl religiously, and she is our favorite part. I'm not just saying that. Kyler, welcome to Talk Healthy Today. Hi, thank you so much. That is such a very kind um, welcome. <laughs> very nice introduction. Thank you. Well, thank you. You know, I really am passionate about this. I would say one out of every four shows is on mental health. And the show originally was like fitness and nutrition. Like, yeah, that's great. And I love that. And I do a lot of that. But I think it's so important that we talk about this. And for you to come out and talk about it, I think is so wonderful because the more high profile people we have, the more people like, oh, well, she can talk about it, then I can talk about it. So talk just a little bit about your journey with with, uh, with bipolar, and, and I know you got diagnosed in your early 20s, but tell us about what led up to that. What were you feeling? What was going on in your life? Um, well, very much like you were explaining about yourself, um, I have a history of it uh, in my family. Um, my mother was diagnosed bipolar, which at the time they called it manic depression, 
Um, and I know that from what she said, her mother also had it. So I know that it's kind of a long line in my family. Um, and my, my dad struggled with depression. And, and so it kind of, it was sort of a, a surrounding situation for me when I was, when I was little. Um, I didn't quite understand the extent of it. Um, my mother was hospitalized a couple times, uh, and um, her, her mania would actually hit so quickly and so um, often that she would actually pass out. She'd lose consciousness. Oh and so the, I remember coming home when I was 11, and she was on the ground, and I had no idea what was going on, and I was terrified, and my brother came down the stairs, and he looked at me, and he's like, oh, no, not again. I was like, what do you mean, not again? <laughs> And so I didn't, I didn't understand it, but I knew that my mom struggled with a lot of things, and, and she didn't quite know how to get help for herself. Um, I know she went to therapy, but I think she just didn't necessarily know how to really care for herself. And, and sometimes when we can't care for ourselves, it's very hard to care for others. So it's not, you know, a finger pointing at my mother. I just know that at the time there wasn't a lot of explanation and there wasn't a lot that was really known about it uh, well enough, at least, to have uh, a real strong dialogue and conversation and a, like a treatment plan. Um, and so, you know, I, like I said, I, I grew up kind of seeing it and I knew when I was younger that I was struggling, but you know, and we also had some pretty dire circumstances here and there with, within the family that, um, like, living circumstances and just life stuff that was happening that you could kind of chalk some of it up to. Um, and I just, you know, it wasn't until I was a teenager where I kind of realized, like, you know, this stuff isn't really going away, and, and I'm, I'm angry and I'm depressed and I don't understand what's going on. And... You know, I, I really did try to have a conversation with my mother about it, but because she was struggling so much, she didn't know how to handle it. So she kind of just said, you're not, you know, you're really, like, I can't have you feel that way. I can't have you um, feel depressed or negative. Like, I need you to be my strength. And so that being the case, it was sort of, for me, it was, it didn't really matter how I was feeling. I just needed to, to be something for everybody else. Um, and so you kind of just, I just swallowed it for a very long time, and I felt any time that I would bring it up or talk about it, it made me feel like a failure, and especially as I was getting older, and, you know, I met my husband, um, I was 16, just shy of my 17th birthday when I met my husband, and we, it was a really rocky start, not between us, but just life-wise, you know, being that young and just falling in love that hard and that fast, we kind of just jumped into everything and very quickly and was married you know, by 20, had my son at 21, and had no idea what I was doing. Um, I haven't had any contact with my family. Uh, my mother, it's been almost 16 years. Uh, my father, it's been about 12, and then my brother, about the same. And so I was kind of doing all of it on my own, and I didn't really know what I was doing, um, and was just just struggling being a 21-year-old now with a, with a baby and you know, my husband and I kind of thrown into um, a lot of life very quickly. And kind of that, that being said, I focused so much on everybody else, I just didn't ever take the time to focus on me. And as much as I felt I was, I was drowning, but I didn't want to look like a failure. And especially in front of people I didn't know, especially in front of people that were close to me, I didn't, I didn't want to let on that there was something wrong. And so, yeah, again, I, I held it and held it and, um, I just got more and more distant and just
started to feel like I was I was ashamed of who I was, and I didn't want to be my mother, and I didn't want to be any my family members, and I couldn't snap out of it. Um, and so for myself, I went to to seek help and went to a few therapists, and then started to manipulate my way into um, trying to become numb. And by doing so, at the time, what I thought was, okay, if I just, you know, with drinking and with, you know, drugs or taking, you know, a a whole concoction of medications that I sort of talked my doctors into giving, I really numbed myself completely. And then I disconnected and disassociated. And by this point, I had three kids and my husband and a career, and I had no idea where I was. And it wasn't until, yeah, my late 20s when I, when I snapped, um, when I broke. And I went to the hospital, and I was there for about a week. And I had my anxiety and the, the mania was so high. Um, I remember them taking my blood pressure and, like, trying to give me medication to bring me down, and I couldn't. And so uh, it, it was a long journey trying to get myself level and it's still you know obviously something that I do um, on a daily basis just to keep myself kind of at a place where I feel I'm more in control and I did get on a medication that worked perfectly for me um, and found a way to balance things out so I felt like I was starting to get a better idea of who I am. Well, you know, one of the things that really jumps out at me is uh, is not being able to feel your feelings, not being able to be truly who you are. I grew up with a mom that had chronic illness and uh, physical illness and also uh, some anxiety. And, and, and it was just really difficult because I, I remember my father would be like, you kids are going to help your mother and that's that. And she'll be, you know, it's her third time going to the hospital, another surgery, another. There was no like, and I, I was a 70s, so it wasn't like, okay, I hear you. I see you guys are scared. How are you feeling? It's not the way I talk to my kid, right? But it was just right. so hard because like you have to stuff and stuff and stuff. And so then you have not only that, but then you have the stigma on top of it. So it wasn't just like, oh, there's stigma. I'm not going to get help. That's part I'm imagining. I'm, I'm going to ask if that's part of it. But I also think it's just the way you were raise that I mean for your mother to say you can't feel like that I mean I hear these stories it just breaks my heart because I can relate to it to, to getting to you know share your own feelings about who you are and how you feel yeah and I think you know there's also that sort of like fix it mentality too like I think about my own kids and and sometimes you know I make mistakes when it comes to that and sometimes my my you know my youngest my 10 year old um you know if she's She's, we just had her evaluated, and we've, we've got a all, all, all whole colorful bunch in my family, in my <laughs> household. Too. But um, she uh, would get really upset, and it seemed very irrational. And I just didn't put two and two together because you just want everything to be okay, and you want them to be fine. And I found myself kind of doing the same thing a few times, sort of saying, like, it's okay, you're fine, stop crying, you're okay. And at one point she just looked at me, and she was sobbing, and she's like, Mommy, I'm not okay. And you know, I, it kind of just took my breath for a moment. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you're right. You're not okay. I'm not here to fix this. I'm here to listen. And I'm here to just be here, even if I'm just sitting. And, you know, if, if you need to cry, sometimes I'd cry with her because, you know, you feel like there's nothing you can do. But listening is so incredibly important. And I found that to be very true for all of my kids and my husband and myself. I got to listen to myself, too. But yeah, that, that, that stigma that you're, that you're saying, it's, it's, 
incredibly powerful um, and, and like astounding to know how little education there is out there about, you know, the struggle and about how difficult it is to live with um, someone with mental illness uh, or, you know, with yourself if you're not educated and if, if you're not learning the best ways to support that person. It can be a very difficult journey. Well, I'm going to have to get your representative's uh, address because I, I, I want to send you the book I did, Easy to Love but Hard to Live With. And I say that because the book not only has stories about adults who have the, the invisible brain-based issues, but it also are it's stories by their loved ones. And it's like a support group. Powerful, yeah. I wish I knew you then. I would have. I mean, I got Henry Winkler, which is pretty darn amazing. But I would love to get you in there too. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. You know, and I have to say, you know, back with my daughter too. Like sometimes, like she has. There's so many things, you know, because she's on the autism spectrum and has ADHD and and she has anxiety. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's overwhelming. Can anything be easy? Can we just not yeah, have everything, right? You know, well. and so when she she comes to me with everything and everything is overwhelming, I wish I could just be yeah. like, okay, you know what? I'm full and you need to just somehow not be, uh, have so many issues. <laughs> you can't I say know, that. I know, I, I completely, 100% understand. All three of mine are, are either on the spectrum or have ADHD. My little one has epilepsy. And so it's, it's like you kind of feel like you're never, you never really get a break. You never really have a moment, and when I do, like, I'm trying to take care of myself, which is, you know, I, I'm trying to get much better about, you know, taking time, and I was joking, it's like, you know, I find my bathroom breaks are really long, because it's the <laughs> quietest too. place I can find, <laughs> and so my husband drives my husband crazy, even if we don't have the kids with us, and I go to the restroom at a restaurant, he's like, what took you so long, and I was like, you know what, it was quiet, exactly. Now, you partnered, I want to make sure I mention this, with Be Vocal, Speak Up for Mental Health, and they do some really fantastic work. What what led you to them? Um, I Well, I was um, very gratefully approached. Um, oh, nice. I think because of, you know, times that I have spoken about mental health and spoken about the importance of sharing your story. or um, And so uh, it was wonderful on, on my behalf and very humbling um, and once we started having a conversation about what their initiative was and, and what they wanted to do with the campaign and how many incredible um, partners they were working with, um, I was just, I was blown away. And I was, yeah, like I said, very, very grateful and still kind of pinching myself going, wow, really? You like me? <laughs> um, but I think because we're all very like-minded about the way we want to approach things and, and how it is a very social situation, you know, the way that we can reach people through social media, but also just having a conversation and the normalcy of that or, or, or how there should be normalcy about it. Um, it's very community-based, and I find that that is the, the most important aspect of it, is that to feel like it's okay, that you're not okay, but it's also okay to feel okay <laughs> and, and how to navigate all of that, but do it together and with the, the confines of something that is so incredibly supportive. Um, I was very impressed and just very, like I said, very grateful to be a part of it. Oh, that is so great. Listen, I want to tell you about a book real quick. This has nothing to do with me, but I interviewed this amazing woman named Christy Hugstad. Her husband had depression. He didn't want to get help because of the stigma, and he committed suicide. He jumped in front of a train. Oh, no. She wrote a book 
Kyler, that's so amazing. It's called Beneath the Surface, a teen's guide to reaching out when you or a friend is in crisis. But honestly, it should be like a person's guide. And she she says this as well. The advice is unbelievable. And if you could, her book is just remarkable in her story. You said and it's now, Beneath the Surface? Beneath the Surface, Christy Hugstad, like hug and then S-T-A-D. She's wonderful. But I just wanted to say, because like I said, I do a lot of stuff on the show around mental health. And I, I'm just so impressed with what you do. And, and how do you balance your work? Because people are like, you got to ask her about Supergirl. You know, I'm like, I could just talk about our childhoods. I mean, it seems like we have a lot in common. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how do you balance that? And what a great role. I just love it. Oh, man, I, I absolutely love what I do. This is the most passionate I've ever been about a project that I've worked on. Um, I, I do my best to balance. It's not a perfect science. Um, it is definitely, you know, something that I have to, to work on all the time um, because it, it can be a very heavy schedule. Um, it can be a, a, a tremendous amount of work physically, um, time-wise. They know very well, and, and this is where I'm so grateful that I've come across so many people that under, are understanding and are willing to um, kind of work with me with my family situation with uh, the way that I, I am family first, no matter what. And anybody, everybody that I work with or know, knows that about me. Um, and if not, they'll, they'll learn real quick. <laughs> um, but I, I always talk to, to producers and, and our producers on the show, and I talk to the directors and I talk to our first ladies. I talk to everybody, not to be like, this is the Kyler show, but just to let them understand that, you know, it, it does, it takes a tremendous amount to keep my family balanced um, and also to keep myself balanced. I have a tendency, obviously, to, to spend so much more time focusing on the family because we are so dynamic, I will say, <laughs> uh, that I, I do have to find time to be able to kind of balance that out like you're saying. But the great, the great part about what I do and why I love Alex Sanders so much is that she there are, is so much to her that I agree with about how much you love your family and even if it's not your related family, but the people that you surround yourself with, how important it is to find support and people that are with you on the journey and that would fight to the death for you. And, 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 you know, she's ferocious about the people that she loves and I'm the same. And it's a great outlet for me to really find a, a huge um, scale to be able to play all different emotions. And, and uh, as I am a very emotional person, I have a lot to draw upon, which is, I think, a great advantage that I have. <laughs> um, but I love her story. Me too. And I love her journey of figuring out who she is and being okay with that. And and the story arc, you know, in season two and season three, I felt was so incredibly powerful. And I had no idea that was coming. Season one, it was never spoken about. So when it came to season two, and I was told that Alex was going to be coming out, I was terrified because um, I didn't want to do it wrong. And I wanted to make sure that I represented a community that needed really good, strong, positive representation. And it's no different than what I'm doing right now, is I want to make sure that I'm a good, positive representation of a community that is, is overlooked a lot of times, underappreciated and misunderstood. So I feel like we're on very similar paths. Uh, in, in that way. And I'm very lucky to have Melissa Benoist, who is an incredibly strong, powerful, wonderful human being um, to to journey alongside with. She's incredible uh, on and off screen. So it's been, that's been such a joy for me. 
Uh, I loved her on Glee. Her voice is incredible. Yeah, she it, it's constant singing on our set. No matter where we are, what we're doing, it's constant singing from everybody. We, we sound like a bunch of clowns. It's hilarious. <laughs> I know I have to let you go, but I'm just curious. What age did you start acting, or when did you know you had this talent? Oh, boy. That's a really long story. That goes along with the whole mother aspect of it. <laughs> that might be a separate podcast. <laughs> I wish. Please. I would absolutely love that. But just give us the age, though. I'm curious. I, well, I started at 12 with, like, modeling and commercials. Um, it was absolutely something I wanted nothing to do with. Oh. <laughs> um, hated. Uh, I didn't like the attention, ironically. Um, and it's just something that I've always been very good at. And I've always been very fortunate to continually work. I know how hard the industry is, and I know what a, what a brutal um, competition it can be out there. But I've been very, very fortunate um, to, to work consistently. And uh, it really wasn't until just a few years ago where I actually genuinely got passionate about what I'm doing. And so uh, it's still a process that I'm growing uh, in and you know, learning more about myself and I get to just keep developing and, and I'm grateful for it. Well, I have to confess, I've never seen Grey's Anatomy and all these years I'm like, I really should be watching that. I've heard it's great. And now I honestly just today discovered that you were on it. So I'm like, what the heck? So I told my daughter this morning before school, she's like, oh, we're going to watch that, mom. If, if, if Kyler's in it, we're going to watch it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey, that's for sure. How do we learn more about all the great stuff you're doing and about Be Vocal, Speak Up for Mental Health? I am so glad you asked me that. Um, we have an Instagram account, which is at bevocal.speakup. Um, we just launched it today, which we're super excited about. So I want to encourage everybody, everybody, everybody to go to. Um, and then we also have uh, the website is bevocalspeakup.com. Um, and there you will find just a plethora of resources um, and so many wonderful advocacy partners that, are, that we're working with to make as big of an impact as we possibly can. So those are the places to visit. And, um, you know, just, just sharing stories is so incredibly powerful. And, and even if you're not sharing yours, that's okay. But, you know, just making sure to, to you know, talk to somebody, getting help is the most important thing that we can do. So all of that is on the website and our Instagram page. So um, I would encourage everybody to take a look. If not for you, then for your loved ones or your family or friends. Well, you are absolutely fantastic. I mean, this is, I cannot wait for my daughter, my husband to hear this. I'll get a sneak peek first and then it'll be oh, out in the so world. Sweet. I just think you're delightful. I want to thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for listening to Talk Healthy Today. Rate, review, subscribe, and keep listening.